Yo, what is up, Golf Addicts? It's David with the Tour Junkies Podcast. Thank you for downloading this week's episode. That's right, we do want you to download, not just stream it. It helps us out. We, as always, appreciate you guys' support. The WGC Mexico is behind us, and we recap that for you tonight. And we get into our picks and preview for the Valspar Championship. We also have a PGA Tour player interview tonight. First ever time on the podcast is Web.com rookie JT Poston. I should say PGA Tour rookie, Web.com grad JT Poston comes on the show, stops by the native area. It's always a good segment. That kind of comes in the middle. We also have a few big announcements this week, including Fantasy Draft. So fantasydraft.com will be included in our podcast. From this point on, we'll be reviewing those prices over there. And we have the link for you guys to sign up for a Fantasy Draft account, get in a Tour Junkies Listener League, and potentially win a really sweet prize. And when I say really sweet prize, I'm not talking like t-shirt and a Yeti. I'm talking like really sweet prize. So check that out. Be sure you pay attention to how to do the Fantasy Draft sign up. And uh, as always, may your screens be green for the Valspar. We're going to get into it right now, and then JT Poston will be on a little bit later, followed by our picks. May your screens be green. Enjoy the show. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's up, Golf Addicts? It's David and Pat. We are back at you for the Tour Junkies podcast to cover the 2017 Valspar Championship from Innisbrook, the Copperhead course. The Snake Pit is going to get everybody this week. But before we get into all that, we've got some announcements, and we want to do our Tweet of the Week. We want to do our WGC Mexico Championship recap. So why don't we start off with that, Pat? Why don't you uh, give us any any takes on the WGC Mexico Championship at Club de Golf Chapultepec? I got really good, by the way, at pronouncing Chapultepec, as I heard the announcers get a little better. at. Like I feel very confident with it. I feel like next year when we get to that tournament, because it seems like they're going to be back there next year, I will be able to Chapultepec my way all around the podcast very easily and well, freely. I, you know, actually, when I, I pronounced it last week, it was my first time ever, and I thought I did pretty well. And then as I heard, you know, some of the broadcaster in the the weekend, I was quite proud of myself because I, I was pretty much dead on. So, um, yeah, well, good. Yeah. And, you know, again, DJ wins. I mean, the guy's just on fire right now. The question was, what's he going to do now that he's number one? Well... He's going to win. That's what he's going to do. And he, he's, uh, he's going to go through the field like poop through a goose. Yep. Yeah, that's right. You know, Rom gave him a good good little run there yeah. you know, and then just kind of faltered down the stretch. But uh, DJ's just tough right now. Uh, obviously going to be a uh, you know a big-time play going into the Masters. It's interesting. I, as we kind of look forward to the Masters now that we're into March and the next month is going to be Masters, you look at just the form of a lot of these guys right now with Rory and Spieth and DJ, and we don't know about Jason Day because uh, he just gets sick all the time. But it's it's going to be interesting talking about some of these guys going into going into the 
Masters week, and I, I know we'll get that get into that as the weeks uh, you know get you know come come quickly here for the for the tournament. But uh, you know, again, it was just a, it was a good tournament. Some breaking clubs again. I think I saw some of that. Um, that's kind of been a yeah. theme the last few weeks. Like, let's just break some clubs and um, throw yeah, some clubs. Yeah, Justin Thomas letting go of his driver on Sunday into the crowd. Yeah, possibly impaling a poor Mexican boy. Yeah, that was that was interesting. That actually, I was watching Golf Channel tonight, and they were just talking about all like they were going through like some of the greatest club tosses slash club breaks over the last several years. It was pretty funny to watch. I was yeah. a, I was Stinson. a club I was a club thrower when I was a kid. How about you? Oh, I could totally see you being a, a club thrower. You're su- like you have such a short fuse. I could totally see that happening. No, yeah. I've yeah. I was not a club thrower. I'm a, the occasional like slam my club into the golf cart kind of move. You know, I'll do that. I, I usually don't throw clubs though. I'm just not. I'm, I'm really not. But that was really in my former in my in my younger days. I'm a little more even keel now on the golf course. Lower expectations, less pressure on myself. Um, but you had Hendrick Stenson snap one over his knee, which is pretty boss. I mean, when you think about, that's a bold move. Um, we're gonna Stinson. have, we're gonna have, uh, we're gonna have our boy, our buddy JT Poston is coming up. We've got an interview with JT, and he's actually gonna talk about, you know, uh, he's he was he would be scared to break one over his knee <laughs> like Stenson did, just because he would. He'd be too afraid he wouldn't he wouldn't break it, and then you would literally then break the internet because people would be making fun of you forever. Yeah. If you're gonna um, try to go for breaking the club, you gotta you got it. You have to nail it. You cannot. Yeah. You you have to commit. Um, but there was a lot of other storylines. I mean, first of all, for, first and foremost, I think it was a great event. I mean, I think Mexico got rave reviews. The the crowds were fantastic. It was a fun event. I think it's a great event for the World Golf Championships. Um, you know, most of the talking heads out there agree that to be a world golf championship and have three of those events in the U.S. is kind of stupid. So I think moving one from Doral to WGC in, uh, in, in Mexico is fantastic. So I, I think we'll be back next year. It seemed to be a fun course. I mean, these guys really had to kind of think their way around it. It did turn out that the Bombers had the advantage. I mean, they, they took advantage of some of the lines. Um, yeah. You know, th- there were more Bombers on that leaderboard than I anticipated. I, I I broke even as far as green screens go. I was kind of right there at even, which was really disappointing because after Thursday, I was looking incredible. I had Lee Westwood at the top of the leaderboard. I had Jimmy Walker and, and Rory all in one lineup, and I was killing a GPP, and then everybody kind of fades. Um, I had zero exposure to DJ, which not, not because I didn't think he'd do well, but just highest-priced guy in that field. I didn't think it was smart, but... You know, it's been one of those years where the, the studs have really just absolutely dominated. Uh, we've really not had a whole lot of breakthrough wins or guys coming up from that mid-tier range or, or lower-tier range. But uh, Mexico was fun. Saturday, to me, was a really fun day. The, the few holes with Phil Mickelson in the foliage, like getting lost <laughs> yeah. in the foliage. With some sprinkler had, heads, though. He found sprinkler heads in there. I mean, the up and downs from Phil. Then you had DJ's ball get stuck up in the tree. He drops a new one, takes a penalty shot, hits it on the green, and then while he's reading his putt, the ball falls out of the tree. Just crazy stuff on Saturday. That was a lot of fun. And then you had drama Sunday. It was a great event. Like, I, I really, really enjoyed the event. Um, but, you know, you mentioned, you, mentioned, you mentioned Jason Day, which we talked about leading up to the event because of his withdrawal because uh, he's got this weakened immune system. Can you imagine... How many hours Jason Day would have lasted had he shown up in Mexico City? Because 
everyone with like fully healthy immune systems. Henrik Stenson, who's basically a damn robot, you know, withdraws from a stomach bug. You know, all kind of players messed up. You had bones come out of the come out of the golf. Basically, had to be carried off the golf course on Thursday with stomach issues. Can like we would be this would be a this the the tone of this podcast would be much different had Jason even shown up because he would have died and we would have been talking about the death of one of the greatest golfers on the planet at the moment in Jason Day. So a a, a God sent move for Jason Day to come down with the sniffles and leave his ass at home because homeboy wouldn't have made it in Mexico. No. Would not have made it. No, there's no way. I mean. I, I was wishing he was going to be there, but again, he just needs to just stay in his bubble somewhere, you know, like an incubator thing or whatever, just to just until the Masters, and then, uh, and then he's and, catching a lot of flack for that too. <laughs> like Twitter roasted him in the beginning of the week. Um, well, you know, but, but he, again, Stenson, let's let's go back to Stenson because I have a sore spot for him this week because I had a, a lot of lineups with him in there, and the guy starts off his round. Two under through two holes. Birdies his first two holes and then just proceeds to crap the bed and, and literally, literally probably crap the bed and uh, and just withdrew from the tournament. So that, he killed me. And and, and I don't know. I, but I guess it is what it is. Okay. Everybody was getting sick, you know. Even Hatton. Yeah. I guess we should get, well, we could, we could talk about Hatton, but then that's, that's what, tweet of the week? So... Oh, great, great, great lead in there, Pat. That was excellent hosting. <laughs> just <laughs> just passively, it. nonchalantly just throw out. Okay, well, anyway, the tweet of the week is Terrell Hatton. Um, I, I will say it was tough to narrow this down. In fact, I'm going to give some honorable mentions. Our buddy Timothy Frank, who's at the Fantasy Golf Man, was hysterical all week with some of the uh, the, the craps jokes. Um uh, Paul Regali, the ghost of Ho- at Ghost of Hogan, was another one who was just lighting up Twitter with funny poop jokes on Twitter. But Terrell Hatton, just being a player and and kind of being in contention, especially Saturday and Sunday, I had to give it. To, we had to give it to him. So tweet of the week goes to Terrell Hatton. But honorable mention to those other two guys. But the one that I think really just brought it home was the one he posted on Sunday, which was update. I've only got white trousers left for today's round, and the picture is of this toddler hanging by a limb from a bunk bed that says, <laughs> I have made a huge mistake. And and just <laughs> just picturing all of these tour pros lighting up the bathrooms and and uh, and just rolling with it, man. They were having a good time, but clearly Terrell Hatton. And, and, and I just picked one tweet, but he had a, a string of them that were pretty funny. So no, he did. if you do not already follow Terrell Hatton, it is at thatton91 on Twitter. So uh, tweet of the week goes to Terrell Hatton, but but honorable mention to Ghost of Hogan and the the Fantasy Golf Man. Yeah, no, they they, they had good work, but but Hatton was just he's he's rapidly becoming one of my you know more favorite players on tour amongst others. But but uh, is he now? I, I should know this, but is he in the Masters yet? I assume so, since he's starting to play more tournaments over here. Didn't we just talk about this, Pat? Did we? Crap. Yes, he is not. He is not in the field as of this moment. We just talked about this with somebody. Oh, with uh, Rotogrind with um. No, was it Rotor Runners? I don't know. We talked to somebody about this, and I was like, dude, Terrell Hatton is not in the Masters yet. Well, I want him to be because the dude can freaking putt. <laughs> and and I think if he get, it can get in there, he is going to be a, you know, we'll see where he's priced. But anyway, 
I go. That's a, just going off on a tangent there. But Hatton, damn it, get into the master so we can take you. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's it for our, our recap of Club Dig Off Chapultepec. That was a fun event. I'm looking forward to that event already next year. I think it. I think it'll be a good time. Um, we've got a couple of announcements before we get into JT Poston's interview, which is a great one. He even even vi- takes a takes a visit to the native area, so uh, it's going to be good stuff. But before we get into that, we do have some announcements. That we have really one big announcement, um, Pat, and that is the website fantasydraft.com is a real thing. They're a real player. We kind of talked about um, discovering them last week with the whole like paying off the fantasy aces debacle and like something like 1.3 million dollars they paid off to users at fantasy aces which is just a stand-up move but uh, we actually had some contact with those guys last week after the show and um, just cool guys and and it seems like they just I mean they're trying to make a splash and and really it's a it's a great product for for as, as young a product as it is it's it's really a cool thing so we we played we made a deposit we uh, we opened some accounts. We played a little bit this week. I actually made more money on Fantasy Draft than I did DraftKings. That's why I said I broke even. I lost money in DraftKings, but I made money in Fantasy Draft. Um, I liked it. I mean, Pat, what what were your initial feedbacks on uh, feedback on Fantasy Draft? No, I, I mean I you know again we talked about it last week, but uh, we got even more involved this past week, and it, it was. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, I, I'm very surprised to be honest. I, I was, you know, a little bit skeptical at first. I have to admit, but again, the the contest it's very similar to DraftKings. Obviously, the pricing is a little bit different and the scoring is different. But you know, you just I just feel like when I'm entering a contest there that I've got a little bit, especially a GPP, that I've just got a little bit of an edge and a little totally. bit better shot to to maybe to win a little bit more cash than I could on DraftKings. So. It's, uh, you know, I don't know, it's, and everything about the site, I mean, again, um, you know, with the scoring, with the way they set up their site, with the ease of depositing money, with the ease of, um, you know, entering your lineups, it's all, again, very similar to DraftKings, but they're on something there at Fantasy Draft, so I'm I'm actually going to probably start to split half and half what I'm playing on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft. Well, and, and when we tweeted about Fantasy Draft, or, or actually we talked about it briefly on the podcast last week, Dan Bach at Roto Grinders even tweeted out that he was happy to hear us talk about it. I know Roto Grinders does Fantasy Draft specific content, uh, so they've obviously been onto it for a while, and, and we just really haven't caught on until until lately. But um, so here's what we did: we have a uh, we we set up a we set up a deal with Fantasy Draft for Tour Junkies listeners trying to grow the PGA game. And basically, if you guys sign up um, with our name, with Tour Junkies as your referred, um, your, your referred person or whatever, then uh, you're going to get a, a pretty sweet deal. You're going to get, uh, we're, we're really, we're, we're working on something. We can't say what it is, but we're working on something for those of you who get in and, uh, and start playing with us. So we're going to have a listener league starting this week for the Valspar. We're going to do a listener league at Fantasy Draft only. We're not going to do one in DraftKings. We only usually do one in DraftKings for the majors. But we are going to do a listener league for the Valspar in Fantasy Draft to the, uh, what is it, like 30, 38 or 37, 35 people, something like that, Pat? 32. 32. 32. It's, uh, it's $5 to, to get in. Uh, the top eight get paid out. 
And here's here's the key. You guys need to. Um, we're gonna tweet out a link to Fantasy Draft. We'll even pin the tweet. How about that? So we'll pin the tweet to Fantasy Draft, and, and it'll have a link specific for us. When you click on that link, you guys will sign up, and it will have the word Tour Junkies, um, no spaces, all lowercase, in your referred by box. And and you fill out the rest of the information. You don't have to deposit a bunch of money if you don't want to. Don't worry about it. Uh, you just sign up, create the account, and try it with us. Um, if you guys do that, then you can get into the Listener League. Let us know that you're in. You can get into the Listener League, and then we've got... Hopefully, we're working on something pretty nice um, for those first few subscribers to this and, and people who sign up and give it a shot. Because, look, we love DraftKings, but, you know, DraftKings is not going to be the only option. Like, you know, it's it's there's obviously a FanDuel coming up, but Fantasy Draft, as far as the way the game is played, it is very similar to DraftKings. The prices are basically double what DraftKings is, as is the salary cap. But the scoring is pretty similar. And, Pat, I, I wanted to kind of go over the scoring just for not, – not in detail, but just for some folks. You do get tournament finish scoring. So, for example, in Fantasy Draft, first place gets 25 points. It walks down from there all the way to 50th place, gets one point. You get uh, birdie or better streaks of uh, three in a row, uh, which is three points, four in a row, which is four points, and five in a row, which is five points. A uh, little bit better than DraftKings there. It rewards the player that continues to bo- you know, birdie the lights out of the place. Five points for a bogey-free and 20 points for a hole-in-one bonus. Um, other than that, here, here's where it's kind of interesting with, with uh, the difference in DraftKings. You get one point for a par, five for a birdie, ten for an eagle. But you lose a point for a bogey, you lose two points for a double bogey, and you lose three points for worse than a double bogey. So it actually... To me, it's a little more f- reason, like fair golf pricing because it does penalize the guy who makes an eight on a par three, you know, like um, like a Jonas Blix or something. Right, just like just <laughs> like a Jonas Blix. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the score, and you'll notice as you start to play that the, obviously the scoring is a lot higher than it is in DraftKings, but. Um, Again, it's just a, it's just it's just a little bit of a minor difference, and uh, I really enjoy it. There's a lot of nuances about the site that I think are really cool, and and to be honest, just a little bit better than DraftKings. So, um, we'll see. Just just kind of learning a little bit. You know, we're we're on our maiden voyage with Fantasy Draft, but so far it's been been pretty good. Yes. Um, the other thing I really like about it is you can do head to head rake free contests. So I can go and play you, and Fantasy Draft will take no dollars from us. We'll just straight up play, and it's a great way to test out the site. It's a great way to kind of get a feel for if you like the site or not. Um, but FantasyDraft.com, make sure you sign up with our name in the referred by box, which is Tour Junkies, no spaces, all lowercase. But we will be tweeting out a link, and if you click on the link, that's just the easiest way to do it. So uh, we're going to actually start working in a little a little fantasy draft pricing into our discussions. That, is that sound that sounds good, right? Yeah, I, I, think, I think I could handle that. We'll see. You know, but again, there's really not that much difference. Like, there's only a couple of players even this week that I'm like, eh, I think I'll take in one side and not take in another, um, which is nice. I mean, you you get the benefit of not having to do added research to go to fantasy draft, but you get the benefit of not having a bunch of sharps and a bunch of people and hard to hard to win and all that kind of stuff yeah totally because we're we're casual players like we're not sharps you know like 
let's just be honest. Like, we're not. So we're not – fantasy draft is a great spot for us because we're just casual players just like the next guy. And there doesn't seem to be as many sharps in there, right? Yeah. No, I'm with you. You checked out, didn't you? I did. First, I was I was looking at pricing. <laughs> <laughs> Because now, because now I've got to look at two pricing uh, structures. So yeah, I was looking at. Um, <laughs> All right, let's move on. Maybe JT Poston's interview should come up next. Yes, JT since Poston's I'm running the show tonight, <laughs> let's just go. Yeah, ahead. JT Poston's interview is coming up next. It's a great interview. He, he does go by the native area. Uh, he's a great guy. We enjoyed having him on. Before that, we do need to say the shot in the arm last week was fantastic. We nailed Justin Thomas. Was a trash to treasure pick, missing the cut at the Honda. We told you to get all over him on uh, uh, for last week, which he ended up scoring almost as many points as DJ with that hole-in-one on Saturday. That kind of yeah, helped. Yeah. Um, and then we had a great chat room session. We were chatting it up on, on Wednesday night, Thursday morning. So we'll be back in there again this week chatting it up. So if you guys have not gone on rotogrinders.com, gone to the daily marketplace, checked out the shot in the arm, please do so. And we appreciate everybody who's already gotten in there. It's, it's good stuff. Anything else on that? No, that's all I got. Or you got? Well, we do have a. Well, I was <laughs> going to say we have a full shot in the arm this week. Like we have our caddy correlated course with a lot of information, and we've talked to the head pro at the golf course, so we've got some data there as well. Uh, so all that is in the shot in the arm. It's good stuff. All right, let's get to the JT Post interview. It's good stuff. So we'll check this out as soon as we get back from JT Poston. We'll do our course breakdown, key stats, and our picks. Sound good? Let's go. We are really excited to welcome in a guest on the Tour Junkies podcast, another PGA Tour pro um, who's just kind of making a, a name for himself. He's, he, he just had a T27th at the Honda, a T17th at the Genesis. He's a web.com grad and a rookie on the PGA Tour, but made 8 of 11 cuts so far. He went to Western Carolina University for North Carolina, another good old boy on the Tour Junkies podcast. We have got JT Poston on the show. JT, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to getting things rolling here. Oh, thanks for thanks for coming on. We know our, our friend over at, uh, at No Laying Up, Todd Schuster, just uh, outed you and told everybody your name was really James Tyree. So should we call you James Tyree or JT? Uh, I've been called JT my whole life, but lately I've been getting all <laughs> kinds of names. So, I mean, I'll answer just about anything. So, well, okay, and also recently mistaken for the valet boy, right? At the Genesis, that that made a lot of a lot of headlines on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was at Honda. So I, uh, oh, was it I was Honda? staying right there. I was staying right there at PJ National, and it's kind of a little chaotic there in the afternoons uh, in the lobby. And I was just kind of weaving through some people, trying to go meet up with with my family for dinner. And guy, I guess. I guess I have the look of one of the valet guys, or I don't know, but he asked me if I was working with him, and before I could, I could give him an an answer, he tossed me the keys and started to walk away. So it was one of those deals where it'd have been pretty funny if 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 I'd have had some more people there, but um, it was it was awesome. It was funny. So what? I mean, like, what did you say? Did you just like turn around and go, hey, hey, man, like I, I'm actually a player? Yeah. Well, I hesitated for a second. I hesitated for a second because I obviously wasn't expecting uh, him to do anything like that, and I just I, I stopped him and told him I wasn't a, wasn't one of the valet guys, and I was actually one of the players this week, and he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and 
was like, okay. See okay, ya. all right. Like, yeah, and he, he had nothing, didn't want anything to do with me because I couldn't awesome. park his car, so he wasn't too happy. <laughs> but you did finish 27th at the Honda, another good showing. Uh, things seem to be clicking for you here lately um, with, with uh, the finish at the Genesis as well. So what uh, yeah. what do you feel like is working for you, and what feels solid right now about your game, and is there anything that you really feel like you need to work out right now? Are you just in the, Are you just in a good spot? Uh, right now, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot. I think at the start of the year, I wasn't hitting the ball uh, as good as I know I can, and but the short game had been there, so I was still shooting some some decent scores and making cuts, but not really finishing too high on that leaderboard. And then uh, Genesis out in LA, I started to hit it a little better, uh, and things started to click. And then Honda, I hit it pre- hit it pretty good at Honda. And uh, the short game's still been there, and so I think scores are starting to come around, and hopefully just kind of keep that ball rolling. So, do you consider yourself like a like is the short game because you you mentioned it's always kind of been there? So, is like the chipping and putting aspect of your game is that the strength of JT Poston's game? I would say so. Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I was not a very big kid, didn't hit it very far. I can remember playing junior tournaments where I remember playing one where I I think. Out of the 18, 18 holes, I think four of the par fours, I couldn't get to him too. I could hit a good, as good a drive as I could hit, and a good a three wood, and I wasn't going to get wow. there. And so my short game, short had to had to have a good short game to try and compete. And so I think that uh, that was actually a good thing for me when I was younger, and it just kind of carried over. I've just always had a good feel and um, found an old putter I've been using for the last 10 years, and just feels feels good. Nice. Pat, uh, Pat has that same par four problem, except he's forty. He's not a he's not an adolescent. <laughs> um, hey, it's 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 good for the it's good for those weekend matches, you know. Get that handicap up, and you can yeah, there you, can there you go. Get in some people's pockets. There That's you right. go. Um, well, obviously, you are you know being a rookie on tour, you guys play a lot of events. So there's probably you know I know you guys are busy. You're probably thankful for the week off here. Uh, with the WGC right. going on, but what events are you most looking forward to playing? And as you look ahead of the schedule, do you kind of have some events circled on your schedule that you think, man, that course I could really attack that golf course? Uh, yeah, there's a few. I don't, I don't know with our whole reshuffle category. I mean, I'm not really sure which ones are tough to get into and which ones are easy. But um, I'm definitely looking forward to Hilton Head. I feel like Hilton Heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of one of those courses that fits my game, uh, hitting it straight off the tee and good around the greens. Um, but any of the ones in, near the Carolinas where I can be a little closer to home, have some friends, some family out, I think I think that'd be a lot of fun. I really enjoy that. Um, other than that, I mean, just any chance to play on the PGA Tour is pretty fun, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, we we love caddies. We've had a number of caddies on our show. We've had Paul Tesori, Webb Simpson's caddy. We've had Kip Henley. Um, we love Kip. He's he's a funny guy. We know that that caddy stories are always pretty good. Do you have? Can you think of any off the top of your head, either from your? Uh, you may have had one already on the PJ Tour, but maybe Web.com days or or something. Do you have a good like? What's your good go-to caddy story if you can think of one? Man, I had so my. Uh, when I first, so I didn't know status on the web when I first 
got going last year. I Mondayed in, and that was kind of how I got going. So I Mondayed into Indiana mm-hmm. uh, at a Victoria National, which is an awesome golf course, probably the best course we play all year on the web. Um, but I Mondayed in, and I'm out in Indiana, and I don't have anybody. I mean, last second. So I pick up a guy named Bill Whitener, who has a, I guess, at the, I didn't realize it at the time, but had a reputation out there. His name was Wild Bill. And uh, he had, I guess, caddied for a couple other guys and done really well, but uh, he just he couldn't keep a bag. And um, I picked him up, not knowing too much about him, just because I needed somebody to carry the bag and felt like I could do all the all the leg work as long as somebody could carry it that week. And uh turns out we get to our 72nd hole, and I've got to chip in for Eagle in order to finish top 25 um to get to the next week and i got about a 20 yard chip and i go we come out of a rain delay i go out there i chip I ended up chipping it in uh um, wow he kind of goes nuts and i guess when i chipped it it was from the fairway and i had a good line just nipped it pretty good and took some of the paint i guess i marked my golf balls with three black dots on the number took some of the mm-hmm. paint off and there was some on the on the wedge and he he uh I guess he took a picture of it right away and like said he wasn't going to clean it because it was just it was just uh, he thought it was the coolest thing ever. But um, thinking back, it's just kind of funny. You know, he, I mean, he'll he'll still send me texts, send me pictures just of that wedge. He just he's holding on to it like it's uh, I guess it's a oh, good you, memory. Did you give him the wedge? <laughs> no, I had I kept no. using it. I mean, I, I had no status. I hadn't. I didn't. Those things didn't come easy about about a year ago. So, I, sure. uh, no, I mean, that's a, I probably should, I probably should have. But well, keeping along with the theme of kind of funny stories out on tour, I'm sure you've had to play a lot of pro ams uh, on the web and you know here on the PGA tour. So, do you have any mm-hmm. any good pro am stories that you can you can tell us? I don't really know of any that really stick out. I mean, I've had. I've had some guy. I mean, you see a lot of funny things. You see a lot of the, you know, the 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 commercials you get on Golf Channel with the wedges that are supposed to help you get it out of the bunker and the the special training aids. I mean, you, you see a lot. I mean, you'd be surprised how much of that stuff you see in the programs. Um, the alien wedge. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the 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 anti yip wedge and the anti-skull bunker shot i mean it's i mean they, they got them all i don't i mean i don't have any actual stories i guess but just seeing those are pretty funny um to are actually pretty, see them in person you, and look at them are, are you concerned for a lot of the patrons out there when when you're playing in a pro-am that they that somebody's just going to get killed i mean they're <laughs> They stand in some places where I wouldn't feel comfortable when I'm hitting. And no. so, I mean, I think they're just fearless. I mean, I know if I after after playing a few of these and seeing some shots, uh, I don't think I would I would walk in front of some of these people. But so I mentioned patrons actually, which is what we call you know we're we're in Augusta, so that's what we call a gallery right. here at the Masters. And uh, so if you were to ever win the masters what would you serve at the champions dinner some kind of seafood or maybe like a like a surf and turf i don't know sounds good yeah 
That's tough. Yeah. What is the what's the most nervous you've ever been standing over a golf shot? Uh, I definitely do. Uh, I'd say the most nervous I've been was probably my opening tee shot at NCAA. It's my senior year. Um, couldn't tell you what. I mean, I was there as an individual. I went to a smaller school, and we had a we had a decent team, but we struggled. Uh, we never got to regionals as a team. I got to regionals, I think, three out of four years. Uh, and uh, my senior year, I uh, made it through and got to nationals, and that was I was the first player from my in school history to get there. And so there were, I, I had a ton of, I mean, the people were all over it, loving it, and had a bunch of people out there watching from the school. And I guess I just, I don't know, I just had some high expectations, wanted to go play well since I was the first guy to ever get there and just got the first tee at concession club down in Sarasota. And, I mean, I was happy to get it airborne. I was <laughs> I was legitimately thinking I could, I mean, I might, I might like, top this thing. It was like a, it was a three-wood, and I think I hit it way right. I had to chip it out and just made a mess. But um, I, from, from what I can remember, I think that's the most nervous that I felt. That's- that's pretty interesting. You know, I like it when it's a time when money wasn't on the on the line, actually. So that, I think that speaks to the, the passion of the game that you got. So, um, all right, so David yeah. and I, you know, we talk we talk a lot of fantasy golf on our show. We talk DraftKings golf and things like that. Um, okay. Are you a are you a fantasy football or fantasy sports fan at all? Uh, yeah, fantasy football is the only one that I that I've really played. Um, we have a league here in St. Simons with. Uh, the old Crown Group, the Logged Air Group, um, and we get it. I mean, all pretty much most of the guys play every year. Um, do you hear? You know, speaking of DraftKings, though, do you hear anything on tour about DraftKings? And we we like to ask everybody that's been on here just kind of what their thoughts are about that. And you know, do you think it's kind of a positive or a negative impact on on the tour? Uh, I think it's I think it's positive for for golf. I think it it's it's a way for people that may not play or be as interested to for them to you know pay attention to it because um, it's fun. I mean, just it just it's just another way for people to uh, get interested and maybe tune in and watch some. Because if they've got a player that they've drafted and they're playing well, they may want to try and see how, you know watch a few shots. But uh, from our perspective, I mean. I mean, we get you. You get a lot of a lot of tweets and messages, and even on the course, people yelling at you, saying that they've got you this week, and you better play well, or you need to make a few birdies, <laughs> or you get that. Um, but I, I mean, which it is what it is. It doesn't really bother me that much. But um, I think it's good. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, and you're and you're definitely not the first to tell us that that they're. They're getting yelled at or tweeted at or whatever, which we don't we don't endorse. We don't we don't want you to get you know people to get upset, but but we do think it's sure. good for the game. I, I mean it's it's one of those things where you have a, a player or a a person who's you know maybe not that into golf, but um, you know they get on DraftKings and they exactly. recognize your names and things like that. So we exactly. we definitely agree. Exactly. Um, all right, so here we go, JT. We're about to jump into the native area. Okay. All right. Um, now I'm, I'm going to tell you this is brought to you or brought to to our listeners by the PGA Tour Shot Tracker. Not really, 
but but if you ever watch the shot tracker, whenever a player goes into the native area, you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what kind of lie they got or whatever. So that's that's kind of what we got here, and um, it's going to get you know it might get tough. All right. You you will give you the option that you can pass or skip on a question, but I can tell you okay. no player has has ever skipped that's been in the native area have, has ever skipped on a question. All so, right. Well, I won't be that like, guy then. All right. So here we go. Here we go. I'm going to start us off, and then David's going to finish it up and and close us out. So here we go. All right. All right. We know you and the Sea Island Boys love your hip hop. Who's your favorite rapper? I'd say Drake. Mm, I like Drake too. Yeah, yeah, I knew David was gonna chime in there. All right, spell <laughs> spell Kiradek Affy Barnrat. Oh my god. Full name or just last name? <laughs> no, full no, name. No, the whole thing. Full name. K K I R A D E C H. A A P H I B A R N E T. R-A-T. Barn rat. All right. Yeah. R-A-T. There you go. He got okay. it. He got it. He you got said, it. Yeah. We'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. You All nailed favorite it. Favorite. Fu- yeah. Nailed it. Favorite nailed funny. It. That was it. That got it. Yeah. yeah you got you it. Want, you got that. Uh huh. What's your What's your band artist guilty pleasure? Like like what's like, the What's the thing on your iPod that you might be slightly embarrassed to tell people you listen to, but you you kind of like it. Uh. And I say iPod. I'm not, probably, I'm not 100 years old. There's probably the <laughs> there's. I think I've got. I think I've got some. I think I've got a few Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber songs on the on. Yeah, Bieber. On you my, got a Bieber. Uh, on my that's playlist. What, there's what, a few. I think. Yeah. You and David are kindred spirits. Okay. Um. <laughs> if, you, if you could, if you could punch any celebrity in the face without consequence, who would it be? Probably. JJ Reddick because I'm a huge Tar Heel fan and any of the Duke guys I gladly take a shot at. But that's good. Uh, he's one of the ones that stands out from from growing up watching those games. <laughs> I like that. All right. So Brooks Kepka and uh, Henrik Stenson yesterday both snapped. Well, Kepka did it last week, but Stenson yesterday snapped clubs recently in the middle of a round, really early in the round actually. What would your go-to uh-huh club to snap B or or would it be like a knee or a foot stomp or something else a uh, club would probably be some kind of long iron because uh, hopefully I wouldn't need it again yeah uh, me too. I would probably I don't know if I'm even strong enough to do it over my knee I would probably have to <laughs> t- put it on the ground and just Maybe stomp it a couple times, and hopefully that did the trick. A and couple it times. Actually broke. If you're gonna do it, if you're gonna do it, you might as well make it sure it breaks. Because if it does it, then you look even more stupid. Oh, Twitter yeah. will roast you. Yeah, you got to make sure you you finish the job there. You got to exactly. All right, most creative way you've seen golfers pick up women on tour. I don't know if I've seen it yet on tour. I've seen seen it off the golf course. I don't know. I mean, probably flashing a just a tour card. That's not exactly creative, but just I've seen. <laughs> I've seen tour card. cards. I've seen tour <laughs> cards come out. Uh, like at bars and restaurants. Well. Oh yeah. Really. <laughs> That's yep. great. That is awesome. People <laughs> buying drinks because they don't believe it, that they're on tour, and then flash a tour card, wow. and there you go. 
There you go. All right. All right. <laughs> who's the who's the worst dancer in the Sea Island Mafia? Uh, probably me. <laughs> oh wow! I would Come probably on, put myself. I I would say I'm not very high up on that list, but um, I'll take a point off for the for the JT David Kindred Spirit deal there, Pat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I was about to say the same thing. All right, uh, yeah, what's your what's your game of choice in the casino? Uh, I like I like blackjack. I I want I want to like craps so bad because I see I see people having mm-hmm. a lot of fun when the table gets hot, but I have yet to go to a table and win any money in craps. It has not happened. Well, so I love craps. It just may I not be it. for me. If you get on a hot table, it can be a lot of fun. That's for sure. Yeah, it looks like um, a lot of fun, but every as soon as I step in there, it's just ice cold. It, it gets boring. Hey, by the way, Pat, mm-hmm. I need to interrupt. We we got a little tip from uh, from a friend of yours that the last time you may have been at a blackjack table, the dealer thought you were a um, a bull rider. And so we yeah we were <laughs> we were in Vegas and we were playing blackjack and I guess there was some kind of bull riding convention uh, in Vegas. And we're sitting there, I was playing, and late the dealer asked me if I was here for the for the golf tournament. And the uh, guy you're talking about, Patton, said, uh, before I could say anything, said I was here for the bull ride. I was one of the bull riders for the bull riding tournament. And she totally, <laughs> and we just went with it. She totally she believed him. Yeah, and if you saw me like sitting there, I mean, never in a million years would you think I was a bull rider. Because <laughs> I, I mean, if I rode on one of those things, it'd kill me. But, but you didn't have like uh, a cowboy hat on or anything. I didn't wearing have a boot? cowboy hat on. I was wearing, I think I was wearing jeans and a and like a button-down shirt. And you left your hat. spurs at home. Left my spurs at home. Uh, I do own some cowboy boots, but was not wearing them. They were about a thousand miles away, and <laughs> she bought it, and we rolled with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So once you realized you had earned your your card, uh, what players were you, were you most excited to meet and play with? I think. I think getting my card, I was real. I was hopeful that Tiger would be healthy, and just I think it, yeah. I was. Looking forward to just being in a tournament with him and hoping he was playing well, you know, and just to be around that atmosphere. But um, I don't know. I mean, I guess some of the some of the Sea Island guys just looking forward to being out and playing with some of them uh, out on tour. Nice. All right, last one for me, and then I'm gonna let I'm gonna let uh, David close us out here. Have you ever been right. in a fist fight? So, have you ever been in a fist fight? If so, when and with who? Uh, I have not actually. I'm not a. Vi- I wasn't a very violent kid. Um, a lover, a lover, not a fighter, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last fist fight I've been in is actually with Pat's twin brother at at uh, the Ryder Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really. We could edit out stuff from JT. We might have to edit edit your stuff. <laughs> all right, um, all right, JT. Here we go. We'll wrap this up. If the Sea Island Mafia are out partying late one night, who's the one most likely to need quote taken care of by the end of the night i don't know maybe maybe keith mitchell or the georgia boy yeah i don't know i mean 
any one of us. It could be any one of us. It has been any one of us before, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Um, first self-indulgent purchase that you've made or plan to make now that you're making PGA Tour cash. Uh, it's either probably going to be a car or a Rolex. Nice. Um, I I had the I I wanted to do the the whole Rolex idea actually started with Keith Mitchell. Um, I wanted to get something that was kind of just commemorative of getting that card and meet, and reaching that goal. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of what I had in mind, but I haven't I haven't pulled the trigger yet. I haven't quite figured out which one uh, which one I like. Um, but I'm also kind of to the point where I'm tired of driving. I'm ready to to pull the trigger on a truck. Um, nice. So we'll see. You got, you got to pay yourself, man. You got to, you got to reward yourself for the yeah. hard work. That's yeah, got to. Yeah, exactly. Got to reward yourself. So um, that's what's right, on the table right beer. now. Beer. Craft or like re- American regular beer. Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. It depends on I'm the setting. It depends on the setting. Pat, add another point for me and JT on that one. He answered both of those right. Um, okay, Bubba and Ricky's high tops for the rest of your life or Willie Wilcox's flowing locks? You're forced to have one or the other. Which one? I'm going to go the, with Willie Wilcox flowing locks. Flowing locks. I don't think I can, <laughs> I don't think I can roll with the, with the high tops. <laughs> All right, Ian Poulter, misunderstood or genuine tool? I haven't met him, but I'm gonna say genuine tool from yeah, what that, I've. That's plus five. Plus five. From my from my uh, from uh, from what I've seen, I guess I don't know. Um, Krispy Kreme or Duncan? Krispy Kreme. E-cigs or the real stuff? I don't know. I'm not. Mu- I, I I don't I don't I don't smoke, but the e-cigs. Okay. I, not, I think they look so ridiculous when people are sitting there blowing clouds of smoke. Uh, yeah, the the cherry vape doesn't really get to you. <laughs> no, it just um, it's just not for me. I got to be honest. I, I guess the I real deal. Really the real the real the real one. The real yeah. The real stuff. We just asked you that to see sure. if you were a smoker. That's that's all. We just that's all. Um <laughs> all right. Last tough one here. Bubba's colored balls for the rest of your life or Patrick Reed's colored back pocket flaps. Oh god. Uh, I'm gonna go with the pocket flaps. I don't think I can look at a at a at a yellow or a, a pink ball. ball. <laughs> I don't think I can. See, I, I think I have I to go. With the, I, uh, I think I'd have to go with the golf ball. Those those colored pocket flaps drive me nuts. I don't. Yeah, that's tough. That's a good one. I don't. Those neither of those sound fun. Um. All right, JT. We appreciate you being in the in the native area, being on the Tour Junkies podcast. Uh, we're definitely a fan of yours and uh, want to see you do well this year on your rookie season and beyond. The last question in the native area is if you were to start listening to the Tour Junkies podcast on a regular basis, what tour player would you like to most to, to listen to come in the native area on our podcast? Um, well, my first answer would be Keith Mitchell. He's on the web.com tour right now uh-huh. and no doubt will be on tour soon. Um, he is definitely somebody I think y'all would enjoy having on. Um, somebody on tour now, I would say maybe Hudson Swafford. I don't know if you've had him on. 
Yeah, no, we have it. Would be funny. Two um, good Georgia boys. We're all up for that. Yeah, yeah, good dogs. That'd be good, man. That'd be good. Well, uh, JT, we appreciate it, man. Thanks again for uh, for being on the show, and uh, best of luck this season. And uh, maybe we'll have you back on again one of these days. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. That was fun. Enjoyed it. All right, we are back. That was a, a fantastic interview from our buddy JT. Uh, enjoyed having him in the native area. A lot of a lot of things that JT and I have in common, Pat. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think about you that? You do. I mean, y'all. Were you jealous? I was a little bit jealous. I mean, music taste, um, a few other things. I mean, you, he's, he's a believer. He's a believer. I knew he was going to say that when we asked that question. I just knew it. <laughs> um, but yeah. You know what one of my favorite parts of that whole interview were? No. Was the the tour card flash <laughs> at, a, at a bar or Russia. Like, that is, you know, we're, we're, we like our guys over there at No Laying Up. That is maybe one of the most tour sauce moves of all tour sauce moves off the course. Like if I just want to know how that looks, like I just want to know how that goes down. Is it like a cop because honestly, pulling a badge? Like they just, well, because like, honestly, most of the girls I would think would be in that setting would not have a freaking clue what a tour card is. Like that could, for all they know, that could be your, your discount shopping, frequent buyer card at the PJ tour superstore. How do they know that that's anything like a tour card? Well, I mean, I guess if they like, you know, they know that the tour events in town, and so they're going to try to hit the hot spots, and then they they meet somebody, and he he throws out the tour card. By the way, maybe there's some something to be said for the the fake tour card deal. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. That'd be a great thing for us to do, have the PGA Tour breathing down our neck <laughs> over fake PGA Tour cards. It, it, it really does baffle me. I would really love to see that play out. I would love to be a fly on the wall and see that scenario play out to where, like, you know, some homely-looking joker on the PGA Tour picks up some dime of a girl at a bar because he flashes the tour card. Yeah. Well... And that was, you know, again, there was there was so much to the interview to me that, especially the native area, which I just I just love going into the native area now. And the e cigs take was interesting, as well as the bull rider. But the e cigs just I don't I you wrote that question. I had no idea where you were going with that. And uh, I think that actually says a lot about somebody e cigs versus versus real cigs. <laughs> like well, you just you just to took be... it as whether or not he's a smoker or not. But I kind of was like, you know, to be fair, yeah, JT is not a smoker. No, he's he not, wanted neither he's not, one. But there's a deeper question to be, you know, by answering that question, e cigs versus real cigs. You know, that's that's a that's deep into the soul of his his mind and personality. I think the soul of his mind, deep into the soul of his mind. Yes, that's that's some twisted right there. <laughs> it's basically like asking, are you a tool or not? But nobody's gonna say, "Yeah, I'm a tool." Yeah. But they might say, "I do smoke e cigs." You know, cherry vape all day. Yeah, that's what I got. Out of um, JT was a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of fun. By the way, really like him for this golf course. Why don't we go ahead and get into the breakdown, the weather, all that kind of stuff um, for the Valspar and Copperhead at Innisbrook? Sure. All right, here we go. So yes, the 2017 Valspar Classic in Tampa, Florida, at Innisbrook Resort. The Copperhead course, just over 7,300 yards, a par 71. 
We're going to hear a lot about the snake pit this week, Ooh. and uh, which is it's scary, man. I mean, you got two long par fours, which they don't really they don't see a whole lot of long par fours on tour, and uh, right. sandwiched by a long par three. So, Ooh, or no, the, the par four. Sorry, sandwiched the long par three. But yeah, it's scary. I'm scared. Um, but you got tight fairways this week. Um, I think you will, you'll you would typically think okay, well I'm going to look at driving accuracy, but I'm I'm probably going to go off of that a little bit and look more towards total driving. Uh, Bermuda greens. This course is very tough, as we talked about. It's it was the sixth toughest on tour in 2016 and the tenth in 2015. Little interesting for a par seventy one. You actually got five par threes, and then I believe it's is it five par fives? No, three par fives. Yeah, only three, three par so. fives. Sorry, but the five par threes. You're, you're doing the course breakdown, Pat. You're doing the course. Breakdown. Sorry, I got thrown off by the fact that there's five par threes, which is a little bit odd. Um, as far as past champs here, you had Schwartzel last year at 2016, Spieth in 2015. John Sinden in 2014, um, Streelman in 13, Luke Donald in 2012, and then Gary Woodland, who's been playing fantastic. Actually, Woodland and Donald, uh, you know, have been playing great. Um, might be worth looking at this week. But weather-wise, it's going to be pretty good. I don't think you're going to see too many weather issues as far as um, you know, rain. Maybe some rain on Sunday. Winds to me are are mild right now at five to ten miles per hour most days, but you know we're going to check that later in the week to see uh, if that increases a little bit. And uh, yeah, cause this course can get windy. Yeah, it can. I mean, obviously it's right there on the you know it's on the Gulf Coast, so you never know what's going to happen. So I, I would pay attention to that more coming you know closer to the uh, to the the start of the tournament. But again, that's the uh, that's a quick rundown. I've got some stats that I'm looking at. Uh, I know you'll you'll probably uh, get more detailed on those but strokes gain approach as we've been looking at most every week total driving i mentioned scrambling and uh ball striking and also par three scoring since we have that unusual five par threes this week so there you go i like it tends to be a little more difficult of a golf course so um 10th in difficulty in or 6th in difficulty last year 10th in 2015 hey you checked out you checked out because i mentioned did, that did you already say yeah, that god son of a all right um well good i was just paying you back for when you checked out with me earlier okay listen i gotta be honest about five minutes ago my wife came up here in the uh in the place where i record and was greatly distracting me. was she just sitting there? wait like what do you mean like like distracting me but how like how is she distracting you like just like walking around no i mean i'm kind of uncomfortable now <laughs> <laughs> yes i almost had to almost had to almost had to stop the podcast okay all right <sighs> but i'm pressing on i'm right, pressing on going. man i'm a trooper keep going you know, if I haven't shown if I haven't shown that I'm dedicated to this to this nonsense last week, calling the the pro shop and all that, and then this week, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you, you've got some. There's some serious my, dedication. I lock the yeah, door. My so keys, if my wife wanted to come and distract me, she'd have a hard time doing it. She'd have to break down the door. <laughs> 
Oh man, um, my I'm right there with you with the key stats. It's it's an approach. It's a second shot golf course. It's a uh, again scrambling is important to me. Birdie or better is probably the most important to me. And then I'm with you. Total driving. I mean, I, I do think that uh, one thing we learned from the from the head pro here is you got to be accurate off the tee. You have to be in the fairway. It is key. The ball will settle in the rough uh, on this golf course. So, um, you know, last week at Chapultepec, you could, you know, everybody talked about the tree line fairways and you had to be in the fairway and blah blah blah, which was somewhat true. But at the same time, like I saw a lot of bombers hitting it just fine out of the rough, um, sitting sitting up a little better. This week, supposedly, the ball is going to be settling a little more. So I do think accuracy is important. Um, but that's that's about it for me. No, nothing fancy. I mean, I think form and, and strategy is going to be key this week because we don't have the strongest field in the world. This is not a strong field no, it's not. at all. So we need to talk a little bit of strategy, too. Um, let's get right into the – let's get right into the prices. So you're, you're – you're, most expensive guys are Justin Thomas, Henrik Stenson, Matt Kuchar, and Daniel Berger. Um, that's that's on both sites here. So, what are you going to do about the top, especially in GPP? Well, you know, you, you mentioned strategy, and to me, if you're going to talk about the top, you're immediately going into what is your strategy going to be this week. And for me, it's actually probably going to be to fade a lot of the top here over 10k, and then if you're looking at um, fantasy draft over, you know, really 20K. Uh, I just, again, there's so many good pl- – well, let me back up. There's not so many good players because it is a weak field. No, there's not. But I just – I don't see a huge difference between the top guys here and and, and, yeah. and then when you drop down into the nines. So, for me, I, you know, I, I, th- I just think I'm not going to pay up for JT. Um, no. Stenson is – intriguing to me because i think a lot of people are going to you know be off of him because of what happened last week but again he was just sick and whatever i mean birdied the first two holes and then a bug hit him or whatever so i don't mind stinson up here but for the most part i think i'm going to fade this this group and i think i think you can look really average price line on both sites whether it's DraftKings or fantasy draft and find some really good teams so that's that's going to be my strategy so um, I really don't have a lot to say about these guys above 10. I mean, I, I like, you know, as far as stats, you know, JT obviously hits almost every category that you can think of. He's got two top 20s in this tournament, um, checks a box on the strokes gain approach, uh, par three birdie or better percentage. So there's, I mean, he's he's going to fit, you know, this course. But for me, it's just um, I'm not going to be playing a lot of these guys this week, and I'm going to drop into that 9K range and and start and and start a lot of my lineups i'm pretty much in agreement with you it does sound like i'll have a little more stinson than you will that's probably because i had zero of him last week so i'm not pissed off at him and you're you're still angry and hot but i I do think on both DraftKings and fantasy draft i will have henrik stinson in some lineups and, and he will really be the only guy in that top tier especially on DraftKings. i mean actually if you look at fantasy draft there are some um it's a little tighter the pricing on fantasy draft to me this week is a little tighter a little sharper honestly um so for that reason in a weak field especially i'm way more inclined to go balanced on fantasy draft whereas in DraftKings, 
I will probably have some lineups with Stinson and then drop down to like an 8K guy. And then I think there's loads of value in the sevens. Uh, and even there's some good, there's some decent plays in the, in the high sixes. So, um, so for DraftKings wise, I definitely think Stinson is my only play in that category. I think Berger is, he, 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 he did okay on Sunday. He's just still a little erratic for me. Like, he, he he popped on Friday. He came out Saturday morning doing well. Then Saturday afternoon, he totally crashed. And then Sunday morning, he crashed. And then Sunday afternoon, he kind of resurrected to, like, backdoor a top. I think he was, like, top 16 or something at WGC. He just seems a little erratic for me. I do know that, that he's comfortable on this golf course. It's it's kind of a, um, you know, not, not sleeping in his own bed kind of golf course. But it's a hometown feel for him. But at 10-1 on DraftKings, I don't really like the price. He's a little a little lower as far as uh, um, as far as on the odds on fantasy drafts, so I, I don't mind him there. But DraftKings, I'm not a huge fan. Um, Patrick Reed. As we get into the nine thousands, it's interesting. Like that guy just doesn't show up in big field events, but he he really does in weak field events, which this obviously you know fits that bill. But he's also just not playing all that great he was 63rd in the field in strokes gained approach at the wgc um and he, and he was 50th in the field in good drive percentage so he wasn't driving the ball all that great and he wasn't his second shots weren't all that great and he didn't finish that great either so like i mean i just i think this is a second shot golf course an accuracy golf course i know he's a scrambler so he can make up for some of that but Reed at 9,700 on DraftKings, um, not a fan of. He's actually, I'm not a fan of him on Fantasy Draft either. So he's he's actually a fade for me on both both sides in the 9,000s. My favorite play, and a lot of my cash lineups on both DraftKings and Fantasy Draft will start with Bill Haas. Here we go again. Like I've been on Bill Haas for the last three weeks. Like he's in good form. He's in really good form. He last last week at the WGC was ninth in strokes gained approach. Um, he was seventh in good drive percentage. So he just didn't putt all that well. So he he you know he had like the thirtieth place finish or thirty second place finish on uh, in Mexico. But I love Bill Haas at this event. I think this is a uh, a great spot for him. And I think the price I think the price is right for sure. Um, so that's. That's my that's my favorite play in the ten and nine k range is really Bill Haas. So, what about you? Yeah, well, I mean, first off, I'm, I disagree with you on Reed. I think Reed is actually uh, one of the first players that I'm going to drop down to when when we're looking at the higher price guys. Um, he has great course history, mm. as we see here. He was seventh last year. He was second the year before that. Um, you look at his um, again. Most re- his recent form isn't incredible. But again, he hasn't missed a cut this year. Uh, I think that Reed, I, I would, I'm probably not as big of a fan of him for cash games, but I, but I love him in GPPs. Um, and and I'm looking at both prices, whether it's 9,700 on DraftKings or or uh, 20,100 on uh, on Fantasy Draft. I, I think again for a GPP, I love Reed this week. He's going to be lower owned than he should be. Um, I just think when you look at Reed. I want to take him on courses that he's very comfortable on, and then when when I feel like he's like I just don't think he was comfortable last week. There was, you know, again the, the guy is just kind of one of those guys that likes his. He seems to me to to like he's kind of OCD, 
And I, I think Mexico takes them out of it. You resonate with OCD guys. I resonate sure. with OCD guys. You are as OCD as they Yes, can. and I think that Mexico took him out of his normal schedule and whatever else. And so I, I'm not going to – whatever happened there is whatever. But, so again, I think I – like, I like Reed this week. I'm with you on Haas. I think Haas is my second favorite, actually, in this in this category. Um, like him on both um, Fantasy Draft and DraftKings. Uh, also, Ryan Moore at 9,000. I think a good play uh, checks the box on total driving and stroke skating approach. Has a extremely good course history here. If you look at his last two starts, he's been in the top five. Uh, you know, playing pretty decent this year. Uh, I think this course sets up well for him. So Ryan Moore to me and and Reed and then Haas are going to be my three favorites here. And don't sleep on Charles Howe. I don't want to mention everybody, but the guy is just, he's trying to get in the Masters. He pretty much checks all the boxes this week, has great course, course history with four top tens here. So, you know, I'm probably going to end up sprinkling in some Charles Howe. So you know you haven't you haven't paid off your last bet, which was the the Coolio Gangsters Paradise rap. But I know you're working on it. I know you're what working. What does that on have? It. I know you want it to be great. Anything that I okay, just but said. I I, I want to make another bet, and, and I'm going to be bold here because I think I think Bill Haas is going to outperform Patrick Reed this week. Okay. Would you be willing to make a bet on that? Yeah, I would. Which I think is a bold play for me because Patrick Reed's a better class, world class player than Bill Haas. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. I think it's uh, I think it's gonna happen. And as a potential bet, um, here's what we could do. So the listeners are probably not gonna have a clue what this is. But my wife before the podcast tonight had a friend over and they did this thing that's like hitting the internet by storm called the black face mask. Have you seen it? I have no freaking clue what you're talking it's, about. It's like, it's, it's a girly thing, but it's like this stuff you rub on your face, and it's like supposed to clean off all the crap off your face and like improve the quality of your skin and all this garbage no. or whatever. But it goes on black. No. And the thing the thing is, you peel it, and it hurts like a mother effer, okay? And so there's all these videos, if you just search like black face mask tear off or whatever, like there's all these videos of these women losing their mind pulling this mask off. And I watched my wife and her friend do it right before we came on. And she has enough left that one of us could do it. And I know that you potentially are planning a trip to Augusta this weekend. And if, you know, depending on how things were looking, maybe we could, maybe we could, we could satisfy the bet with whoever loses has to do the black face mask thing. Oh my so what God. you're saying is you're scared because you're saying no. No, okay. You're not going to do, do it. Fine, whatever. You'll do it? Yeah. All right, man. Well, good. Let's move on then. Uh, eight $8,000 range. Um, there's not really a whole lot of guys in here I like. I do like Gary Woodland again at 8900 Here's the thing with Gary Woodland. Not a great – he was my one-and-done pick last, last week, which actually did better than yours, I think, right? Yeah. Who would you have, Zach Johnson? Zach, yeah, yeah so. did better than yours. But still, a T38, not great. Um, Gary kind of let me down there because I, I really thought that was a good event for him. But Gary Woodland was sixth at the WGC in strokes gained approach, and I love that number. He checks the box in strokes gained approach, scrambling and birdie are better. I know we all know that he plays shorter golf courses well, um, which this isn't really a short golf course, but 
it's a it's a ball striking accurate you know be on the right part of the fairway all that kind of stuff so like I feel like he's gonna know where he needs to be on on the golf course um so I, I like Woodland from that standpoint he's played this event six times he's made the cut four times he's had two top tens out of those four times he's made the cut so at 8900 I'm back on him and What's that? I said, and a, a and a win. win. Yeah, that's right. He won in like 2011. So, um, you know, and, and maybe as a GPP play, even in this weak field, he could be a, he could be a good play. Like he was one of the higher owned guys in a lot of GPPs last last week, over 25. percent And you know, it, you know, the the T38 wasn't the best finish for his price point last week. So if a lot of people are off of him, he might be a great play. We'll see. You know what happens come Wednesday night, but. I really like Gary Woodland either way in 80, at 8,900. Um, he'll probably be a lock in a lot of lineups for me. The only other one in the 8,000s that I like is a guy who is checking the box in all three categories as well, scrambling, strokes gained approach, and birdie or better. At 8,500, um, Webb Simpson to me is is an interesting play. Um, you know, We haven't seen Webb uh, since the Genesis where he finished T39, but I feel like this is one of those courses where it, it could it could suit him. I really, really, really like his price on Fantasy Draft. Like on Fantasy Draft, they have him like way below where DraftKings had. Like there's a, there's a lot of players above Webb and DraftKings that are, um, or I mean, a lot of players below Webb on DraftKings that are above him on Fantasy Draft. So I think on on Fantasy Draft especially, I like him, but I like him on DraftKings too. I think either way, uh, he's he's a good play. So those are my only eight thousand dollar guys. I'm gonna have a lot of guys in the sevens. So anybody in the eights for you? Wow. Well, I'm definitely totally with you on Webb, and it's funny you said about fantasy draft because he was one of the main players that I underlined as being, I thought, underpriced, yeah. especially on fantasy draft. Again, he checks a lot of boxes for me, scrambling, strokes gain approach, proximity, uh, birdie or better percentage on par three. So Webb, to me, is a is just a fantastic place. Um, I'm totally with you there. And um, who was the other guy you mentioned in that eight range? Woodland. Woodland. Love Woodland. I do. I mean, the guy, you could argue that he's, I mean, again, one of the the top five golfers this year. I mean, he's he's in the top ten on FedEx points. I mean, he's just been playing fantastic. So, to me, I am I am totally with you on Woodland. So, I don't have much argument against you here. We can, we can, we can kind of move on. All right, why don't you kick us off in the $7,000 range on DraftKings. All right, so um, I think one of the guys you're going to hear a lot about this week at 7800 is Lou Donald, and and there's good reason for yes. it. I mean, his recent form has been incredible. Um, he checks the box, um, you know, on you know several stack categories, including putting, which I think you're going to have to look at for sure this week. Um, just looking at his course history, obviously he's won here. Um, but he's been playing. He's been playing really well. He's got five top tens here. Um, was twenty second last year, and then you look at just recent form. He's made you know three straight cuts. All of them were in the top thirty. So I think Luke Donald is going to be a good play. I like him in cash a lot. Um, you know, at seventy. Yeah, I mean, at cash game lock. He's he's played this course eight event eight times and never missed the cut with those top tens. I mean, yeah. I think he is a definite cash lock yeah I, I, which probably means he'll miss the cut yeah and and then you know going down just there's there's several here that i that i really could talk about martin yeah, laird the sevens is, are is, chock full martin laird is one of them at 7400 i love him this week uh checks hmm. the box for me on total driving scrambling ball striking par three par three birdie or better percentage i think martin laird you know again at 7400 is a good price for him 
you know, looking at just course history, it's not incredible. He missed a cut last year, but he does have a you know a top ten here. Um, and uh, you know, again, you look at his recent form. I mean, look at his last five events. He's got three top tens. So uh, Martin Laird to me is a good play. Also, um, I'll throw out two more and then I'll let you go because again, I, I really just love this category. Uh, Russell Henley at seventy seven hundred. Um, total driving checks a box. Ball striking, strokes gained approach. Um, has has pretty good course history here. You know, seventy seven hundred. Uh, it's a good price for me. So I think you know Russell Henley is one of those guys. I mean, I know he missed the cut last year, but I just I just love his. Um, I think what's his course history here? He's only played here once. You have it in front of you. He's only played here once, and he missed the cut. Yeah, but that's not. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm going so what do you mean he has pretty good course history here? Is that what I said? I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> what the crap? If I said I that, I didn't like, mean to say that. I meant to say I meant to say pretty decent recent form and Lord. likes Bermuda greens. He puts well. He fits all the stat categories that I'm looking at. So I love Russell Henley at 7700. Last guy that I'll talk about is Jim Furyk at 7200, which is way too cheap for a guy like that. Strokes gained approach. Strokes gained putting. Driving accuracy, scrambling, checks all of those boxes. Uh, again, you know, Furick is just, he shouldn't be priced there. I just think that's a little bit ridiculous. He's got a win here. He's got two other top tens. Uh, I don't know if he's ever missed a cut here. So I think Jim Furick at 7,200 is a, is a fantastic play. So there you go. Those are the few, but I, have, I probably have more, but I'll, I'll let you go from here. Well, the 7K is chock full. I mean, that's that's for sure. I agree with you completely on Donald. I actually did have a little Russell Henley circled. I'm, I'm going to have a little Russell Henley exposure. I have rostered him in zero lineups so far this year. I know you've been on him. He's a Georgia boy, which uh, tends to be you know some of the guys we like. Um, but I, I don't mind a little Russell Henley. I, I'm not as much on Furyk. Um, a couple of other guys I really like. I thought I swore you were going to mention. Um, I swore you know you were going to mention Billy Horschel. Oh, I was, uh, but I, didn't, t- I was giving you the the open. Okay, he's actually. Um, I think if I could go, you know, part if we were top ten in the seven thousands, he'd be up there in the top two or three. Well, yeah, top ten to seven thousand. Like twelve guys in the seven thousands. Well, but okay, yeah, I'm just saying, um, giving you giving you. A yeah, picture. I mean, you, you know. Purely for me, purely a recent form play uh, with a T4 at the Honda Classic. He's a Florida guy, 7,900. Don't mind it. My favorite play in that upper $7,000 range is easily Jason Duffner. Um, Duffner checks the, the the birdies are better box, the strokes gained approach box. Um, he was 12th at the WGC in strokes gained approach and 13th at the WGC in good drive percentage. Um, you know that that's despite only finishing top twenty third, which you know isn't terrible. I mean, it's better than Woodland, but it wasn't fantastic. He shot a sixty eight on Sunday, uh, in good form. I really like Duffner at this event. In fact, I was thinking earlier, I wish I had not used him in a one and done. I think I would take him here in a one and done. So if you have him, I think I kind of like him in a one and done here at this event. Um. So I like him at 7,900, and then, you know, by the way, he's made eight of nine cuts here with one top ten, yeah. so it's a solid cash I'm, game I'm with play. you there with Duff. He, he's Yeah, solid. like honestly, if you're playing cash, there is really no reason for you to have anyone on your lineup above 
to me, like Bill Haas, probably Ryan Moore, Gary Woodland. But, I mean, you, you could make a fantastic cash lineup with guys in the top in like the top half of the 7,000s and, and a few 8,000 guys and be done Yeah, to I, me. I like, I think that's kind of the play. Um, especially on DraftKings, I, I do think um, – I'm sorry, especially like on Fantasy Draft, like being more balanced is key. On DraftKings, I do think you could get away with a little – exposure to some of these higher price guys in a in a cash game like if you're playing in a big double up and you need a little bit of ownership edge there are some values at the bottom with some of the looser pricing but fantasy draft i don't see that at all i think you got to be kind of in the middle of the road there uh, i think wesley bryan at 7500 on DraftKings, and i like him on uh, on fantasy draft is another one again just kind of a pure recent form play here um i i I think I'll probably be underweight on him compared to the to everyone else. I think a lot of people are going to be on him pretty huge when they see a T4 at the Genesis and a T4 at the Honda. Um, you know, uh, so I might I might taper my exposure in GPPs just a little bit. Uh, and then at 7,400 on DraftKings is Byung-Hun An. He's, uh, he's at 17.8 on Fantasy Draft, just a little bit above average price there is Byung-Hun An. So... A little better value on DraftKings for on, but uh, this guy is definitely a ball striker. Had a horrible weekend, really, at the WGC. I mean, shot 76 on uh, on Sunday, but he was 17th despite that in strokes gained approach uh, at the WGC, and he, he checks that box all day long. This guy's a total ball striker, and he's one that, to me, could actually come up and win this thing. Like, Byung-Hun An is going to win a golf tournament. I think, within the next 12 months. He's a really good player. If you don't know who he is, he's a good, good, good player. Um, so at 7,400, I think it's a great value. Other than that, in the 7K range, I do. I think we got to talk about Lee McCoy. Oh, Lee gosh. McCoy is an amateur, okay? He's at $7,300. No, no, he's not, the, he's not an amateur anymore. He's not an amateur anymore. I'm sorry. He was last, he was year. last year. I'm sorry. He he played played this event as an amateur last year. Um, has played this golf course quote probably a thousand times. That's a quote from Lee McCoy. The dude really knows this track. He played well here last year. At 7,300, I think he's a very interesting GPP play. I do not want to roster him in cash, but I think he's an interesting GPP play. Yeah, I, um, I partially and, and I, you know, I love the Bulldogs too, and he is a Bulldog. But there's a uh, part of me that just I don't know. His recent form hasn't been that great. I, I just haven't seen him playing that you know well on the Web.com events. Maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't seen his name popping all that much. But um, I'm probably not gonna roster him this week. Just just so you know. Okay. But I, I want to throw um, two other guys out here because we we met yeah yeah you know, the seven thousand dollar range is full of full of people yeah there are so many here but we interviewed JT Poston we haven't even talked about him I yes, think he's got yes. he's got a great chance to play well here seven thousand um, again I, this is a course that I think sets up pretty well for him so I would not sleep on him I'd probably put him in some lineup especially GPP also a guy that I know you've been well, on. hold on hold on before you get off of Poston okay. I think a great pivot there. Uh, Poston, at, especially on DraftKings at 7,000, he's a great pivot from you know guys who might recognize a Scott Piercy name, might look at Keegan Bradley and think, wow, 6,900, but has terrible course history here. By the way, Keegan Bradley does. Um, 
you know, Ollie Schneiderjans at 7,100, I think is going to be super popular. So I think JT, you know, if you listen to that interview, this seems like one of those golf courses that really fits him. Uh, he, he, he was on my radar for sure. So I think that's a good call. Yeah, no, I'm, and I think another guy to look at that you've liked, uh, I believe in the past couple of weeks was Nick Watney at 7,100. Um, Love Nick Watney this yeah, week. Yeah, and, and 16.4 on, on Fantasy Draft, which I think is a pretty good price for him as well. Um, again, you look at his last three cuts, he's made all three with two top 15s uh, and then a top 30. He's got good course history here. Um, checks the box on stroke scan approach and scrambling. Obviously, we know, we know he took, you know, was kind of off on injury as far as, um, you know, how he was last year. But, um, again... From what I'm seeing, he hasn't missed a cut here since. Well, I haven't ever seen. No, him. he's never missed a cut. Never missed. He's a never cut. missed a so cut. So I think Nick Watney. He's in fantastic form. Yeah, yeah. He's made nine of nine cuts with a top ten. He's uh, his last three events: t14, t28, t14. Um, I think Watney checks the box and stroke king approach. I think he's a steal at 7100, and I will have tons of overweight exposure on Watney especially versus Ollie. I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards Ollie and I like Ollie, but I don't I don't want to I don't want to I would just rather fade him at fade him because I think a lot of people are going to have a lot of him and go to a Poston or Watney. Yeah. Um love Nick Watney. Also another guy in this lower 7000 range that I think is interesting is Billy Hurley at 7200. Um Billy Hurley checks the box in scrambling um you know, just just kind of a ho hum kind of player, not the greatest form, but I think if you need a cut maker and potentially a GPP top twenty five, I think is interesting. I think he's a really good value on fantasy draft. He's he's really low on fantasy draft. He's a little higher on DraftKings. So if you were gonna have some overall exposure to him, I like him on fantasy draft. He's only like fourteen uh, fourteen three on fantasy draft, which is near the bottom, really. Um, is Billy Hurley. So I think that's that's another one. Other than that, in the sevens, not anybody I'm... Su- I mean, Ryan Blom interests me a little bit at 7K, but I think JT Poston's my guy at 7K. There you go. Anybody else for you in the sevens? There probably is, but let's move to the sixes because I, you know, All right. before we name everybody. You getting sleepy? No, I'm good. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the sixes then. Who are you? Uh, who are you interested in the sixes? All right, well, you know the first guy in this range that I think just I cannot figure out is at sixty eight hundred, and that is Adam Hadwin. I mean, the guys. I just wrote a question mark down because I don't get it. I mean, he's <laughs> been incredible the last several months. Uh, to me, that price is just way too cheap for him. He doesn't have a great course history here, but he's only played here two years. He missed the cut in uh, last year, and he was 71st the year before that. But, again, I'm not putting too much stock in that. He's just been, you know, on fire. So I like him. And then another guy I really like is Ian Poulter mm. at 6,500. Yeah, old Poults. You know, he's actually got some pretty decent course history. And he's got some decent recent form because he's coming off of an injury. So I think Poulter, you know, if you look at, and I say decent, I'm talking about per price because he's at 6,500, so he's near okay. the minimum. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's just let's let's clarify a little bit. He was 67th last year, top 25 the year before that. But in the last three tournaments that he's played, 
He's made all the cuts. He was top 15 a few weeks ago. And as much as I dislike the guy from a personal standpoint, first off, his grilling skills, I really want to punch him in the face. You cannot (laughs) tell me that you can grill ribs and steak, especially a filet, at the same time. Maybe he was reheating the filet. He there something was going on there because you can't strokes do that. lost grilling. It's yeah he has amazing strokes lost grilling. So <laughs> I just don't I, I can't get that. But I, I do think he's a good play. Very cheap sixty five hundred. I can totally see um, him finishing. You know not only making the cut but finishing the top thirty. So I like Poulter. Last guy that I'm going to throw out to you. Um, I've been on him several times the last few weeks, but that's Bud Colley. I mean, a Florida guy, you know, he's... Uh, God, you love some Bud che- Colley. I do. I, there's there's a few guys in here. I think you're going to mention them when, as soon as I probably... I, you know, you're going to get all the credit, but yeah. there's other there's a few other guys that I like here that I think you're probably going to mention. Well, mention them but. then. Don't be, don't be throwing it off on me. You, you got the reins right now, cowboy. Go ahead. No, so Bud Colley, though, first off, I like. I mean, you look at his recent form, you know... Again, his last five or six events, he's made the cut. He has a top three, a few top 30s. So I think Collie is a good play at 6,500. You know, two more I'm going to – well, one more I'm going to throw out is Cam Smith at 6,600. Love Cam Smith. Yeah, I think he's a great play this week. Checks a lot of boxes. Um, You know, again, that's an incredible price at 6,600. So Cam Smith is the other one. And then I'll let you roll from there. Well, I agree with Cam Smith, especially on DraftKings. Not as much on Fantasy Draft. He's a little higher priced, um, but he checks the box in strokes gained approach and birdie or better. Um, I agree with you on Poulter, actually. That's funny that you say that because I've never, I've never really on that guy. But I do think on DraftKings he's a good value. Again, kind of like Cam Smith, don't think so on Fantasy Draft as much. Like I said, it's a little tighter pricing on Fantasy Draft. So I do think Poulter's a great value on DraftKings, especially for just a made cut. Um, but I don't. I'm not not really digging it on uh, on fantasy draft. In the 6K range for me, um, on DraftKings as far as other players, I mean I, I do think Lucas Glover at 6900. There's no reason on a ball striking golf course that you shouldn't like Lucas Glover. He's a ball striker. He and he also makes birdies. So I, I think Lucas Glover at 69 is a, is a great play. Coming off uh, you know T21 at the Honda hasn't missed a cut. Uh, in his in his last few events, I mean, I I think Lucas Glover's as solid as they get. At 67, I'm going to stick with our buddy Patton Kazire. I'm going to stay with the Sea Island Mafia connection at 6700. Uh, just seems like a course where Patton can take advantage of his skill set. He's not in the best form, so I don't know about cash play, but from a GPP perspective, uh, his price has definitely dropped. That's for sure. I mean, it, you know, um, his, his price has gone down considerably. So uh, I think that I think that makes sense for Patton. At 6,400 on DraftKings, the lowest price guy that I will really roll with this week is Zach Blair. Um, I think Zach just, you know, kind of a kind of an accuracy dink and dunker kind of dude. You know, he's a, he checks the box in scrambling. He did miss the cut at the Honda, made cuts at the Genesis and the and the AT&T Pebble Beach before that. He's not going to be probably a great GPP play in DraftKings, but. If you were gonna get cute in a big cash lineup and you just need a cut maker, I don't know. Like you want to go studs and duds, I think Zach Blair might be an option. Um, 
However, on fantasy draft, I think this bottom tier is really where there's a lot of difference. Like, for example, Lee McCoy on fantasy draft is to me a much better value. He's at 14.8. Patton Kazire's at 14.7. Billy Hurley is a tremendous value on fantasy draft as opposed to DraftKings to me at 14.3. Uh, Ryan Blom as well, who I mentioned earlier, I like both on DraftKings. He, he also is is decently priced over here on Fantasy Draft and Zach Blair. So uh, those are kind of the scrub plays for me on both sites. I mean, to to me, Fantasy Draft is where I'm I'm going to have less exposure to the scrubs just because the pricing to me is tighter. So you know, the the safer scrub play to me might be honestly Billy Hurley or maybe Lee McCoy. Actually, as crazy as that sounds, seems like a safer scrub play on fantasy draft. But that's about it for me as far as all the uh, as far as all the DFS picks. So I guess it's time for one and done. Pat, are you uh, did you remember this this week that we have uh, that we have one and done? Yeah, I did. And uh, he, 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 you want? We both need some help. No, I'll go. I'll go first. We we both need some help this week. That's for sure. Yeah, um, we do. We need a lot of help. And 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 as much as I think in a weak field, this might be the time to pull the trigger on a stud like Henrik Stenson. I don't think I'm going to do that. I, I'm going to try to go a little more contrarian here, and I'm going to go with Webb Simpson as my one and done. Oh. Well, shit. <laughs> so I can I go web two or not? Yeah, I yeah. Is that who you're gonna go? Yes. No way. Yes, that was who I had. That down. is nuts. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go the same guy. Yeah, totally. Right, so I'm going web two. Wow, that's that's nuts. Um. Cool. Well, this was an interesting episode. Um, I'm sorry to blow your mind there, but that was what I, I mean, interesting I don't have episode. Else you know, me. you checked out. I checked out. My wife came up here and distracted me. Um, we made a, a a blackface facial mask bet. We picked Webb Simpson as both our one and dones. We had JT Poston on the show in the native area. We rolled out fantasy draft. This is a chock full episode. Yeah, chock full of stuff. Do not forget to uh, to create your account through Fantasy Draft. We'll put the link up on Twitter. We're also going to try to get it up on the website um, this week as well, so you can click on a link to the website. But if you don't sign up under our refer um, ID or whatever, you're going to be screwed out of the contest and some other fun stuff. We will have a listener league as well, so save you 5 bucks and get in the listener league at minimum. Uh, we will set that up ASAP and get that link out to everybody who signs up. So, um, good episode, Pat. Good episode. We uh, we pushed through. I got to be honest. Uh, I'm feeling my old fashioned a little bit right now. Are you? Well, good. Yeah, you should yeah. be. A little podcast juice. Should be. It's flowing. All right. Well, uh, best of luck to everybody. May your screens be green, and they do turn green on Fantasy Draft as well. So that applies to both DraftKings and Fantasy Draft. Green screens. Green screen disease. See ya. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. 
Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply.